Welcome to Do That Well. I'm your host, Brenda Brown, and joining me, executive coach Karen Thrall. Today on Do That Well, we are going to be closing out our Hungry for Change series with a discussion on relational strains. Over the course of us recording this series, there was a theme that kept cropping up and we noticed that we wanted to spend time on it, but it never really fit into the episode properly. And this theme that kept cropping up for us was this idea of relationship strains that will become present when you're hungry for change. I want you all to know that this topic is for everyone. It's not just for those of you that are in partnerships with others. Relationship strains can be seen in other arenas of our lives as well. Karen, I wanted to hear from you because I know that we've both discussed this a bit, why you feel that this is an important topic for every person and not just people that are in a relationship actively right now in this moment. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. So we started with an uprooting. So when we did uh, the first episode was on lifestyle and we're uprooting something in your life will get uprooted and it's time to ask those hard questions. Then on the second one, we talked about increasing your earnings and your worth. And so to really explore and ask hard questions about how you're going to increase your earnings, not just necessarily in the bank account either. They do create relational a relational strain. And the best way I can describe it is when you're hungry for change, you're going to do two things. You're either going to be exclusive or inclusive. You're either going to exclude some people or include some people. Think about the word change. Not everybody changes with us. That word exclusion and inclusion play a really big part in Hungry for Change, which therefore it's inevitable that there'll be a strain somewhere in a type of relationship in your life. It reminds me how when I went from being in the dance world to being in a more corporate world, there was this shift in my friendships mm -hmm. and it was very difficult. In retrospect, looking back at it, I wish that I had had the foresight to see that that would be an unexpected consequence. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And uh, one thing I noticed, even when I'm coaching, a common coaching topic will be the strain that people are experiencing with either their colleagues, their friends, their community, their family, or their intimate partner. And it is something they try to, they wrestle with and have to navigate with because something's changing in them. Uh, and I've noticed a, a good practice to have um, is that it's not absolute cut and dry. It's not when you start feeling that this doesn't seem to work like it used to. The friendships, it's not as easy. It, it's different. I, I'm not here anymore. Well, think about how that affects other people. All of a sudden, you are different. You're thinking differently. You want different things. It is going to have an, an impact on the people that care about you because they're confused. They don't know you the way they used to know you. So it's not that it's cut and dry and you're moving on and you're not going to be in their friends with their friends or have those kind of relationships or you have to leave your partner. <laughs> you know, those aren't necessarily what's going to happen. But it is going to be, a, there's going to be an adjustment. And so what we want to talk about is how do you adjust to avoid the strain? What can you do when you can sense that relationships are shifting? What are some good practices that isn't so cut and dry and that you've lost people that you really cared about or who cared about you in the midst of being hungry for change? I want to pull out that you categorized 
It's very reminiscent of our last episode about earnings, where we had identified these different categories of earnings. And if you'll recall, we said that it was important to take the time to prioritize those groups. And from there, you can start to ask yourself questions and start to realize more where you need to thwart your efforts, depending on where those priorities lay for you. And it makes me feel that perhaps there's a similar prioritization that needs to be done when it comes to relationships well, you know, for those groups, the colleagues, friends, family, and intimate or, you know, loving relationships, whatever you want to, whatever you want to call them. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) For somebody that's in a partnership, their priority maybe is going to be partner and then family and then colleagues and then friends. Mm -hmm. But for somebody that's not in a relationship, it's going to look very different. So Mm -hmm. I think that could be a good practice, um, very similar to with your earnings, to just take a moment to identify where the priorities are for you and that can help you navigate your next steps. Mm -hmm. I don't know. What do you think of that? Yeah. And okay. Yes, 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 yes. Um, Let's let's start. I want to go directly to, to the partnerships, okay? The two lovers. The, the two things I would say is remember to stay in agreement. You want to empower each other and you want to be in agreement that your decisions when you're hungry for change don't only affect you, they affect the person that you have a committed exclusive relationship with. So remember that. So when you are hungry for change, those conversations are going to happen more often. I want to move into this next, but I want to do it in agreement. You're, you're, you're including, again, I'm going back to the inclusion. It changes. It's going to bring health to your relationship. But if they feel excluded, it will absolutely bring strain, which could potentially damage the relationship and then cause it to not continue on. So that inclusion is a really important piece there, you know, so that would be a good example for if you're in a partnership. And like with Corey and I, when we talked about um, the, the earnings, in the last episode, some people are higher or higher in risk and some are higher in stability in their choices. For for Corey and I, we're in high risk right now, both of us, but we've chosen that and we want to be there in how we are, how our goals are in our earnings. We're doing risk type ventures, um, but we both want it. And so it's fun, it's adventurous, and we're not afraid of each other because we're in agreement. But if you can imagine the strain, if someone's stable and someone's in risk and you're hungry for this change and you want to do it in a risk way, it's going to cause strain if you're not in agreement and there is no inclusion. Okay. So that's that one. Listening to you, it also makes me think if you're someone that's listening to this podcast and you're not the person that's hungry for change, but you know that your partner is. So again, we're still talking about romantic partnerships here. I think that it's also just as valid if you're the person that's not hungry for change, but you see it in your partner's eyes to say, what are you thinking? Because as you said, that agreement, the inclusion is so hard. Mm -hmm. So if you're not getting it from them, I think it's also just as valid to ask. Mm -hmm. I can tell you're hungry for change. I can tell you, I can sense you're wanting some change. How can we do this together? And, and, you know, create the inclusion for them as well, because it's not an easy step. Mm-mm. necessarily no and if i've and so that would be the first thing i would say in the second piece of advice i'd say is use the word include 
It's a very empowering word. I want to include you in my thoughts. I want to include you in my decision makings. I want us to do this together. It's very comforting. We need, we're human, you know, sometimes we're strong and sometimes we're not. And sometimes that, that invitation to be included is, you know, it's water to the soul, which we'll get into because that, that word period in any relationship is a powerful word, but specifically right now as we're just highlighting partners uh, within, you know, intimate partners. So, um, so that's what I would say. I want to spend some time talking about the friendship element. That one is one that I think can be really challenging for people. So to give you a little bit of an idea about who I am as a person, I I know this about myself, that I'm not always the best at maintaining friendships if it's not somebody that I see or interact with in my daily life. I've never judged myself for it. I just know myself well enough to know that this is something that I don't excel at. If I'm no longer working with someone or have a reason to see them, I have to really make a lot of efforts to maintain that friendship. And sometimes it eventually trickles away and sometimes it doesn't. But I also see out there and I admire it, people that are able to have friendships for years and years and years and years, no matter what walk of life they're in. So Victor is one of those people. He still has friends that he has known since elementary school. I think my longest standing friend is someone I've known from college, and we probably talk once every six months. Very different. Very different. (laughs) And I'm curious, Karen, Mm -hmm. you know, what your thoughts are on how we can maintain those friendships if we want to maintain them, as well as how we can be okay with letting some of them go. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Yes. So many thoughts. <laughs> oh my gosh, my mind is just racing with, okay. The first thing I would say is, again, it's not absolute cutoff. You are shifting from a quantity amount of time with that person to quality. That's it. So if you can see it as, just because I won't have the quantity time does not cross them off. And the way you want to do that is what we said in previous way back episode about not burning bridges and it's that you're you're grateful they're not going with you but they will not be forgotten and it's that redefining how I'm going to relate to you but it's never going to be from a negative place there are people in our lives that are going to frustrate us and and we feel this tension strain with them because we fundamentally disagree with them so much and it's just forcing me it's just confirming more and more why I'm doing this change and uh, they become a gift because they're confirming to you the change is necessary and the change is what the right way to go and then you can be thankful thank you you played a part in this but what we normally do is we get so disappointed or so uh, frustrated or just so turned off we assume that means the relationship's over so for me, like the, the, the quality time or the quantity, all that will be shifting, but it doesn't mean I just cut them off. I'm a pretty firm believer in the school of thought that if there's a person that really pushes your buttons, that there's likely something that they do that you actually do as well that you don't like about yourself. And so them being that way highlights something you don't like about yourself that you maybe do. Or that it usually has something more to do with you than the other person. It does. It does. <laughs> and really because you, that chapter is closing. So 
you're saying goodbye to yourself, not to them. So I love what you said, Brenda. We're saying goodbye to an old me or a, a me that's not who I'm, I'm not walking that path anymore. I'm making major changes in my life. I'm uprooting myself. And so part of it is there isn't an exclusion. So your friends, you're not taking them with you. But it's probably because your paths are so dramatically different. I don't think they'd want to go with you anyway. But it still leaves that feeling of exclusion. I'm not included. I've been excluded from your change. And that's really painful. So it would be so, so awesome when when you start sensing it to have those hard conversations. And this is a thing with Hungry for Change. If you haven't heard the theme over and over and over again, there are hard conversations that must take place. They are required and there will be relational strains that you're going to go through, that you're going to have to have these hard conversations. So you don't have relational strains. You don't want to take that with you. You want to go with a peaceful send off. I, I raise my glass to the next time we meet again. And when I see you in the grocery store, I'm going to give you the biggest hug. Yes. I'm saying farewell, but not, it's not final. It evolves. The relationship just evolves and adapts to the new needs that you have, mm-hmm. right? So it's not over, as you said, but it just might not look the same. See, that's a great word. See, when you're talking, that is one of my favorite words, evolving. Love it. I love the word because we are constantly evolving. Who I was 10 years ago is not this Karen. But if you see me on the street, you'll recognize me. If it's, it's 10 years go by and you go, wait, you look, are you? Are you Karen? So there is still familiarity, but I am not the same person. And that is an evolution. And our relationships are evolving constantly. And if you're open to that and you don't resist it and you let them evolve, they're so, it's just going to be full. Your life will be full of incredible people. Because deep down, there's a part in everybody that is hungry for some type of change, which means we're all evolving in some way or other, you know? So I love that word. I really, it's one of my favorites. It's a good one. Yeah. Let's talk about colleagues. I am personally very interested in what you have to say about this group, because in my mind, when I think of changes, um, say it's a career change and I think of colleagues, it turns into networking. For me, I want to be able to keep that connection because I, you never know when it might come in handy in the future. The champion me wants there to be some sort of formula. I want to be able to ask you, Karen, what is the formula? How often should I reach out to these people? What sorts of things should I say? How do I keep this relationship even though there's really no reason for us to contact each other anymore? And I know it's not that easy. <laughs> But I am curious if you have any tips or tricks on how to maintain that networking, you know, professional relationship if you no longer necessarily have a reason to be in contact for that with that person. So let me ask something. Is it people you actually really do want to not lose contact with or do you feel obligated to not lose contact with? Uh, it, it's people I really don't want to lose contact with because I feel like the connection would be helpful or would just be a good one to have. Anytime you send anything kind and positive is all anybody needs. So if you say you are on my radar and you send a little emoticon, 
and that's it. That's it. I mean, that is connection. That oh, Brenda, thank you. That's so cool. I'm so happy I was on your radar. It's it's that connection. You're just saying, ah, why aren't you working with me in this office? Miss our laughs. That's it. It doesn't mean, okay, now we're going to go on vacation together. And <laughs> you're just saying, I, re I see you. I remember you. You have fondness with me. And, and people can pick up on that. P people pick up on that. I have countless people that I absolutely adore. And I have a fondness. And I haven't talked to them in years and years. So I, I think it's more, it, that is enough, you know. And, and then if they say, perchance, you're not free Thursday, would you? And like, oh my gosh, you know what I am? Let's do this. Let's connect. If you're free, like it's so different because everyone's moved on, you know, so people don't have the same expectations, which leads me into my next point. Naturally, how cool is that? <laughs> in, in strains and relationship, there is an expectation. And so what inclusion, uh, they're afraid they, they get hurt if they're not included and there's an expectation. So the expectation you once had with two with somebody else isn't required anymore. And that's a, that's very liberating. I have no expectations. So imagine you're leaving a company and you're going to the next and you go to your colleagues at your door. Going, okay, listen, you listen to me right now. I have no expectations. I get it. I'm moving to a whole different company, but you will always have fondness in my heart. See that to me is wow, you know, because I don't get why you're doing what you're doing, Brenda. I don't want to go with you. I'm really happy in this company. I'm sorry you're not. And you don't have any expectations. I will never forget. You see that that word, when we release people from expectations, it minimizes the strain in the relationship. No. Um, so that's another one too, I would say. Like people can smell that. <laughs> if it had an aroma, they would be able to smell it. <laughs> and I really like just so that it can be as simple as saying you're on my mm -hmm. radar or I have fondness in my heart for you or something along those lines. I I really enjoy that it can be that simple because I think for myself, I always think, well, I need to reach out. I need to ask them how they're mm -hmm. doing. I need to see. Like, but I so I like that you're saying it can be a very simple gesture, especially for you, because that quality time, like that one-on-one -on -one where you go right into the deep waters and all of a sudden you just stop. Oh, is that okay to do that? Like I was in such deep, but that's who you are. That's just you. It, it, like you love to have really meaningful conversations with people. That's, you've set the foundation. You won't be having those conversations anymore, but you can still remember them. You can still go and find, it's like, you know, on Google, my Google images, I get the remember this day. So even today, I got one from seven years ago this day, and I sent it. I And I just like, look at the picture that I just pulled up. It's so much fun. And I do that. It's not unusual for me to do it because I just remember the person all of a sudden. And it's like, what? And I just send it. I write on it, and I just, ship, I just send it in a text. And I haven't talked to him in years. And that's okay, you know. So I think that minimizing expectation, you know, but for people that do have, believe in quality relationships, it's, it's just not going to be quantity, yeah, but it, the quality will never go away. Not if, not if you've already established quality, no, quality won't go away. Oh, I love, that's really, that, that makes me feel better, Karen. <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> 
<laughs> so lastly, we also talked about family. Mm-hmm. And some of you that are listening, you might be wondering, well, how would a family strain mm-hmm. be involved? You'll see it more often than mm-hmm. you might expect when you're hungry for change. And, you know, I think that our families, they start to have these ideas of who we are or where we're going, or they might have ideas about who we are that we don't even know where they came from. Like my mom always thought I was going to be a doctor. Don't know why she thought that (laughs) there was never, there was no part of my life that ever, you know, signaled to her that I might be a doctor if she just wanted that for me. So (laughs) sometimes when you're hungry for change, the change that you're making may go against your family's Mm -hmm. idea of who you are. Mm -hmm. This is so good. Ah, this is a good one. I, I actually today had the pr- privilege of coaching a 17-year-old on the so on cool. the person's future career and the anxiety they were experiencing. And as this teenager kept talking and just talking, and I said to her, I said, right now you're in fear, you're afraid, but if we can get you thinking, you're going to think some really great thoughts and you're going to make a great decision on good thinking but as long as you stay in fear you're not going to make great decisions you're going to make you're going to make maybe necessary decisions but you may not make the great decision and what came out of it is she um she thought differently than her family isn't that cool Mm -hmm. she adores her family and didn't want to disappoint them And so she was, and her confidence. And so at the end, I said, what is different? She said, I'm being really honest. I'm being really honest. But her fear thought, her fear thought, I don't know if I can be this honest with my family. And that that wasn't, that wasn't a fear after all. She just didn't, she had to find her honest, you know, communicating within a family is key. And one of the things that I made a commitment when I was, my kids are adults now, but when they were little, I remember, boy, I remember this distinctly. I said to myself, don't ever assume you know them. I remember making this promise to myself quietly, silent promise, never assume you know them. Always be curious so that they can evolve. And it is the best feeling in the world that I don't know them. And I love it. I love saying I don't know them and because they're constantly changing their thinking, their worldviews, their, their careers, their lives, their, everything is constantly evolving. And, I, and I'm in there on the, I get to ride that wave with them. And, and so the, the deep conversations we have, because we don't assume we already know the answer for your family member. So what I would say in relational strains is to families, remember, don't assume, you know, tell me who you are, tell me how you think, tell me what you want. And I'm going to soak in it because this is one of the most important people in your life. So that's what I would say. I would say is the communication aspect, how you listen, and to never assume you know the answer for them. And it goes back to the inclusion that you were talking about in the beginning of the episode. There's an inclusion or an exclusion. So it goes back to that idea of including them, um, on your journey, on your process, on your change, even if that defies an old model or an old system. And I love that you 
brought up the client that you just had and it's how that's her honesty. So that's your honesty, right? Mm -hmm. Of course, everybody's going to have a different level of how close they are with their family. And that brings me back to what I was saying at the beginning where you have these categories and it's similar to our earnings where you get to decide how important each of these relationship categories is in your life and how much effort you want to put into mm-hmm. it depending on you know what they mean mm-hmm. to you. Mm-hmm. Um, this triggered a thought. Um, so I'm going to segue just a tiny bit. So the overall theme we're noticing is the word inclusion, you know, and it goes in, it's going to have different faces. It's going to have different experiences, but it is a great word to include in your life when you're hungry for change. It's, it's, it's a great self-accountable word to to hold you accountable. Um, But I thought about what causes the fear. So people get afraid they won't be included or afraid they'll be excluded. That fear comes from our limbic. That fear comes from that fight, flight, freeze, right? So it's something we're very familiar with, fight, flight, freeze. And that is what you do in survival. And then when we do it the most is when we feel threatened either in our resources, our relationships, or our residents. And I will put the book that goes with that in the, in the, um, in our, in our blur, because it's such a great book. So it's called, uh, outsmarting anger and it's just fantastic, but the resources is our resources are being threatened. Our relationships are being threatened or our residence is being threatened. When we're hungry for change, the people around us might feel a threat. Think about that. Here you are so hungry for change, for going on to the next. And people around you feel threatened? Yeah. In the workplace? Yeah. Yeah. You might be their boss. Or you might leave the company and leave them behind. Or you might excel them and remind them, why, why, aren't, I, why aren't I moving up in the company? You mean in intimate relationships? Yeah. Yeah. You might, they might feel threatened. They're going to lose you. You're changing so much. I hardly know you anymore. In my family? Yeah. Because you've been a family your whole life. And it's always been this way. It's family. It's tradition. It's routine. And what are you doing? You're messing it up. Right? And Or in, in your friendships. But you, but we've always been friends. Why, why, don't, why don't I feel like you're not even calling me anymore? I'm, I'm not even on your radar. So this threat, like think about how hungry for change can create a feeling of threat around people that care about you. It's crazy. But that's reality. We're humans. And there's a fear component in other people that we need to consider. Oh, that's I that's gold right there for mm-hmm. me. Because you know, you think about the fear that you have when you're hungry for change, but you're not always thinking about the fear of those yeah. around you. Yeah. Yeah. Because you're you're changing, you're evolving, like you said. As we near our end here, I just want to take a moment to recap what we've been talking about with this series as well as specifically what we talked about today. (laughs) When we looked at Hungry for Change, we looked at three different components. So we looked at lifestyle. We looked at increasing your earnings, remembering that your earnings go beyond your monetary earnings. And then today we've talked about strains on relationships. And as you said earlier, Karen, I think the theme that we found with all of them is that it does take work. All of these things are hard. There's hard aspects to all of these things. And it all requires a lot of self-reflection. 
and being communicative, including those around us with our reflection as well, remembering that there are people that we have that can support us. And specifically today, when we were talking about relationships, we broke it down into these four broad categories of friendships, colleagues, family, and partnerships. And with all of those, there was this idea of inclusion, that you don't have to exclude any of these people from your life, but that much like the other aspects of change, it might evolve and those relationships might just look Mm -hmm. differently, but that can be okay. And I want to pull apart as one last thing to really chew on. I really loved when you talked about how if you've already built the quality, that the quality doesn't go away, but it's just the quantity that might change. I I personally really, really like that. And I, for myself, that helps me to remember that as long as I can remember to put the quantity in sometimes, that that quality is never going to go away. I, I think that's such a gem. That concludes our series on being hungry for change. We've enjoyed going over this topic. It's something that we both think a lot of us need to hear right now. And we're excited to come back next week with a new topic for you all.